This is the Pep Talk. Now, here's Ernie Anastas and Patricia Stark. And hello, everybody. How are you? We're here and we're giving you a view of life, a view of the world, and a positive outlook on what's going on, right? That's right. I'm Patricia Stark, and my dear friend Ernie Anastas <laughs> yeah. and I are always so happy to be here offering up some positive news that you can use and yeah. some uplifting information. Okay, are you ready for one of my invitations now? Yes. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. <laughs> that was actually very good. Not bad. Have you practiced that? Well, I've done it a little bit, you know. <laughs> FDR, and you know, that was so important. You know, during World War II, what the world was facing and the kind of terror and the kind of strength that we needed. And uh, the word fear is an important word for a lot of people because somehow we all relate to it. Yeah. And you and I have talked about this, and it's a great subject for today. It is. And that is our subject yeah. of today is fear. What is it? How do we deal with it? Mm -hmm. How do we stop it from stopping us? Yeah. And it can be really crippling. I mean, how many different types of fear do we have? I mean, fear of flying, you mm -hmm. know, fear of heights. Fear of public speaking. Yeah. Fear of success. Fear of failure. Mm -hmm. People are, can be afraid of everything. Fear of life. Fear of fear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's a problem because, you know, we all have to face that. I understand, and I could be wrong, and we're going to have a special guest coming on in a short while, but I understand the only fear that we're, we're born with is the fear of falling. Mm. And and then mm -hmm. after that, we acquire everything else. Yeah, I would believe that. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I think that fear of falling before you can walk or crawl mm -hmm. is extremely life-saving to yeah. have that built in, yeah. right? Someone tried to explain that to me. Was yeah. it, It's like, you know, being in the womb and then, you know, when you're out into this world, mm -hmm. that's why they tie you, or not tie you, but they cuddle you up yes. really tight. Swaddle. Uh, swaddle, exactly, yes. when, when you're first born because of that fear yep. or that discomfort. If mm -hmm. I'm going to fall, I'm, you know, I'm not secure. Yes. But it's a great subject. And I'll tell you one quick story. I, I was in Beijing, China, and I had flown there with an organization. They were donating wheelchairs to different parts of the world, and we were in Beijing. And I was there with someone who was a great philanthropist, and he had his own jet plane. And the pilot, you know, was a great guy, and I had a chance to talk with him. It was a long flight. And we ended up in Beijing at a hotel, and we were upstairs having lunch or whatever it was. And I looked out the window, and I said, wow, to the pilot. I said, what a beautiful view. And he said to me, um, you know what? He said, you're going to laugh. I said, what? He said, I'm a little afraid of, of heights. And he flies planes. Yes. <laughs> and I said, wow, explain that to me. And he said, you know, he said, when I'm flying the plane, I have control. Yes. But he said, you know, when I'm not, he said, I have a little discomfort with heights. Mm. I thought that was a fascinating story. It is fascinating. Yeah. And it reminds me of when I was younger and I did have a fear of flying. I don't any longer. But when I did, I can always remember saying, I think I'd be okay if I was the one up there mm. in control yeah. and flying. So I think that the root of a lot of fear is when we don't feel like we're in control yeah. of a situation mm -hmm. or of ourselves. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that, that stuck with me. And you're yes. right about the having control. Okay, well, we're going to bring on somebody right now who is our special guest today. His name is Dr. Pete. He likes to go by the name of Dr. Pete. His full name is Dr. Peter Ikonomu, and he is a top psychologist from the New Jersey area, New York metropolitan area. And Dr. Pete, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Uh, uh, great to have you. You're not afraid of doing this, are you? <laughs> of course I am. You know, it's part of the public speaking, and that's something that's very common and something I coach a lot of people on. Well, tell us about that. Yeah. What's it like when you have yeah. to coach people on that fear? Well, fear, you know, Ekman has defined there's six basic emotions that we all experience, and fear is one of them. And so, like you said, Ernie, falling is something that we're unsure whether we're born with it, but it does seem innate. But as well as noises, 
You know, we learned that from the early research mm. that babies respond to sort of perception as they're building it and then for these noises. But working with fear, you know, like your, the pilot example is perfect because that seems really irrational, right? I mean, none of us want our pilot to be afraid of heights. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they are. They mm. can be. Mm. I've actually used that example a lot in my cases, too. So what we do is we look at how the thoughts are really irrational and that we just diffuse from them because really our thoughts are not all reality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what is your opinion of what establishes fear in people? So like, for instance, with a public speaking fear, I also coach people on this. And I often find that many times it may not even have been that they had a bad experience. Mm-hmm. It's just that they grew up hearing about it from other people oh, yeah. or seeing movies or seeing TV and seeing people have this fear or fall on their face. So yeah. it, are there different types of fear where it's because we experience it firsthand, sure. but then maybe we also so kind of like transfer it from what we hear from other people. Right. Well, all of that can be true. And I usually say that we all have a movie producer in our head. He or she is very creative. And so we're creating these movies and everything we're doing. And so whether it's falling in front of people or anything, the movie producer is there to like, it scares us. And so Mm -hmm. what we do is try and understand that it's not real. And you just build a relationship around that because most performers feel fear before they perform. Hmm. So fear itself is not dangerous. And guess what? Nobody died from fear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. Right? Yeah. yeah. So think about that because we think that it's so dangerous because that's, you guys were starting to touch on this a little bit about the nervous system. Yes. Um, you know, babies just kind of, so mm-hmm. our frontal lobe is what's perceiving fear as dangerous, but yet nobody has died from fear. No one died from anxiety. Yeah. Um, so what we do is we have to just lean into that. You know, lean in. You know, we we hear that a lot these days. Some of the top authors have written about that. Mm-hmm. Lean into the fear because that's what helps growth. The last thing I say is like, we've all heard of growing pain. You know, mm. as children, there's pain in when we grow. Sure. And so there's there is pain as we lean into this fear. Yeah, I always say they're not called growing tickles. It means something good is happening. <laughs> you have right. to associate it with good. Yeah, you know, <laughs> speaking of the difference, you know, with, with fear and what it is and what it isn't, you mentioned something. When I've been on the air for so many years, there would be special broadcasts, and it wasn't fear. If I was doing a major broadcast of some sort, it wasn't the fear. It was more of the sense of excitement of what I was doing with a little bit of anxiety, if you will, a little anxious feeling, not in a negative way, but in a good way that I'm going to do something and I want it to be really good. Right. You want to be on top of your game. Yes, yes, exactly. So there's a difference there. We we have to, and you can help us with this, try to understand that it's okay, it's natural to have a little bit of this feeling, this anxious feeling, and not consider it to be fear. It's absolutely natural. And actually, we term it eustress. So like a day of a wedding, for example, it's eustress, E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S. Mm-hmm. You know, you feel these, these same sensations in your body. Yeah. But what we do as a high performer is you channel that. You know, if it's a Super Bowl, if it's a final game, people are feeling those physical sensations before the game starts and right. during it. And that's not a bad thing. It's not dangerous. So understanding that and really rechanneling that in an uh, opportunity to improve your performance. Mm-hmm. And I think it's how you label it. You know, that, yeah. that feeling is the same one that you might have jumping off a high dive when mm-hmm. you're excited, you really want to do it, right. but it feels uncomfortable. And I think a lot of times people, when they feel fear or anxiety or that discomfort, rather than feeling the fear and doing it anyway and working sure. through it and getting desensitized yeah. to it, they just want to get away from it. And then that just keeps making mm-hmm. the problem happen over and over again. Yeah, Pete, you know, we have an interest in, in young people. And we always talk about that on our program, somewhere we weave in children because they're so important in life. And, you know, having been a parent, 
you know, it's important to teach a child to not be, you know, fearful of a lot of things. And yet it's a double-edged sword because when they're very young, you have to teach them you don't run out on the street. Mm-hmm. You know, you have right. to be careful touching, you know, a hot plate or whatever it happens to be. So you want right. to teach them to be careful. But at the same time, take us through that. At what point and how do you handle that transition to say, okay, you have to understand what's something you have to be concerned about and then have the confidence to go out and do the things and not be afraid. And it's a beautiful dialectic, you know, so like you said, and there's no wrong, right way to parent. But like you said, you have to encourage them to lean into the stuff while also saying there are dangers. And so perhaps that's value driven, culturally based, you know, so we're at different cultures and but under like, so for example, just when you use the diving example, maybe no one's ever going to do that, you know, but if Mm -hmm. your values are you want to fly or dive, you have to learn how to. And so with children being able to encourage and educate around what it is and name what they're feeling, you know, as, as parents, we have more emotional intelligence where we can identify perhaps what they're experiencing and giving them the ability to name that will allow them to really probably mm. prevent mm-hmm. allowing fear to control them as they, as they age. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. You know, the other thing that a lot of people who are listening to us right now are probably saying, you know what, I also have faith. And it could be, you know, a a spiritual faith. It could be faith in themselves. But having faith in something, and there's an old line, you know, a fear knocked at the door, faith opened it, and there was nothing there. And a lot of people, a lot of people feel that way, okay, that, that they believe that they are being protected, that they're being careful, but there is something that, that protects them, someone that helps them, whether it's God or whatever they believe in. But I think that, from your experience, too, tell us about that, Dr. Pete. Do you hear a lot of that from some of the people and the patients and clients that you deal with? Super important. I often say I treat mind, body, and spirit. And so mm. spirit, like you said, could be God or whatever it is that the person and their right. belief system is. It's really important to understand that, you know, we're on this rock that's just spinning. You know, we don't know much about it, but let's just embrace that there's faith. You know, and like you said, there's no one there when you open that door. Mm-hmm. It's truly a blind trust that we have to lean into and learn. And I think trying to, you know, keep strong people around you, yeah. you know, expand your brain and your thought around some of these, you know, faith-based teachings. And that will absolutely help form values and, you know, decrease and improve the relationship mm-hmm. with fear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Dr. P, you mentioned at the top of our interview, the movies in our mind. And I find that a lot of people are really brilliant at thinking worst case scenario, <laughs> yeah. imagining the worst that can go wrong and, and the story that they're telling themselves. But we also have the power to do the opposite of that, right? We can visualize better. So how would you recommend people that might fall into that trap of, of always worrying about the worst? How can they change those movies in their mind to something more positive and empowering? Mm-hmm. Brilliant question. You know, that's the brain. You have to just exercise it. And so usually, you know, my it's mindfulness. So as I, I've actually written two books on how to use mindfulness and it helps to shape your brain so that you're not letting that movie producer take control. Yes. Um, and so, and I ask, you know, listeners just to think about what are you doing for your brain? Cause you know, a lot of us will go to the gym, you know, we'll do all these things for our, or eat well, but are you exercising your brain? And that might be a creative exercise, painting, coloring, mm-hmm. doing something a different way. If you swim on one side of the lane, swim on the other side of the lane tomorrow. You know, just do things that kind of keep your brain sharp and focused and exercising. Mm-hmm. And kind of along the same lines, a lot of people have said, you know what, we have increased the number of fears because of what you described. All of these films, movies, whatever, happened, even the news, whatever it is, increases people's choices, if you will, of things to be afraid of. Because it's, I never thought about that, but the world is so busy, so active, so 
what what's the word I'm looking for? It's yeah, like so, you're inundated. You, if you want to find something to worry yeah, about, you can is. find it. It's very complicated. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And, and you start saying, you know what? No, no, I didn't realize I was going to be afraid of this, but now I am. Yes. So how do we handle that, Dr. P? What do we do with all of this stuff that's circling around us? Well, if you've ever gone shopping for jeans, you've definitely felt that worry. I mean, that's part of the problem and one of the metaphors wow. that we use because there's a whole wall of jeans. Uh, and so the world is full of walls of jeans. And so what you do is you just understand that, you know, you've got your, you know, strength in who you are, you build your values. And then I think, Ernie, to your point earlier, find that bigger meaning. Yeah. In the world of sports, we say, what's your why? And so for kids, you know, one of the things that for the youth uh, that I think is a problem, which is that we're just focusing them on one sport in sure. a really young age, for example. Mm -hmm. um, but having the diversity experience of multiple sports will help the brain form in oh, a more yeah. effective way. Pete, let yeah. me ask you a quick question. As a psychologist, you help people. And one of the things that we talk about on our programs is helping people, finding, you know, a problem and then trying to find a solution or making it better. How do you feel about your role as a psychologist? You know, what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. How does that make you feel about the purpose that you have in life, your mission? I feel grateful. I feel grateful that people trust me to help them. And I feel like I co-pilot people through their life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's really a beautiful science and art. And I honestly just feel grateful. I mean, I have to also stay healthy. I have to stay healthy. So I have, you know, a lot of things that I do to work on my own fear sure. and everything else. But what I will say, one of the things um, in my mindfulness teachings recently I heard was that really there's just fear and love. And so I think it's important to experience love. Love. Because, yes, you know, because that will just counteract the fear. And there's infinite amounts of love out there, you know, that we mm. don't have to, there's never too much. And that um, goes and along with what we were talking about, spirituality and love. They go hand in hand. Right. Yes, yes. That's and right. and yes. looking for that and focusing on that. I think, yeah. Dr. Pete, you bring up a really good point that, you know, what we focus on expands and look for the love, look for mm -hmm. those things in those moments. And I love that you say that you co-pilot people through yeah. life. So I would love for you to do a little co-pilot exercise <laughs> right now with our listeners. If there are people out there right now that experience fear and panic attacks or anxiety or just something that they stress out and worry about, Mm -hmm. What is like a little technique that someone can do, maybe when their heart is pounding, they're having that outer body yep. experience, and they just need to try to deal with it when they're about to enter a situation? We're do you have listening. a little technique that you can give to the, to the all listeners? All ears. All ears. Go ahead. No pressure, right? Okay. So there's just a basic grounding exercise. Wherever you are right now, just notice your feet on the ground. There's four corners to your feet. Notice your pinky toes, your big toe, and your heel. Take a deep breath. And as you breathe in, you want to push your belly all the way out. And as you exhale, you want to bring your belly button back towards your spine. There's research that shows just six breaths can change your mood. Mm. So stay patient with it. Notice your feet on the ground and then commit to the next moment. Wow. So that can ground you and just six breaths yeah. can change your I mood. remember that That's one. amazing. That's a good one, Pete. Yes. No charge, right? No charge here, doctor? <laughs> I'll send you the bill later. <laughs> hey, Dr. Pete, Peter Ikonomu, we really appreciate you being and spending your time with us today, okay? Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Have you back again. All right. He's, he's great. Uh, he's that, terrific. That's so, anyone, so great. You know, it, it's funny. You start talking about, I, when I first started, and I was about 16 years old, I worked at a radio station in my hometown. And the news director was a wonderful human being, a terrific guy. He was a former teacher, taught English and history, and became a news director. And one day I was sitting there in the newsroom with him, and we were watching all the headlines coming across. And he looked at me and he said, 
He said, do you, you, you become nervous? you become nervous about all of these stories? You're not afraid of all of this, are you? I said, no, why? He said, well, you know, some people are afraid when they start hearing bad news. And I, I thought about this. And he said, let me tell you a quick story about fear. I said, okay. He said, there was a young prince who was walking in, in the garden at the royal palace. And he saw the ghost of death. And he looked at the ghost of death. And he said, oh, my God, I got to get out of here. So he ran as fast as he could to his father, the king. And he said, Father, get me on the fastest horse that we have. I'm riding off into the next town. And so the young prince mounted the horse and ran off. Short time later, the ghost of death appears before the king, the father. And the father says, what are you doing here? He said, I'm just walking around. He said, I know you are. You saw my son in the garden and you scared him. He said, no, no, no. He said, I didn't scare him. He said, I surprised him. He said, what do you mean? He said, well, he was surprised to see me in the garden because I have an appointment with him in the next town very shortly. <laughs> and so as I heard that story, and he said to me, Ernie, stay in the garden. Don't be afraid. Mm -hmm. That's the moral mm -hmm. to the story. Mm -hmm. The young prince ran away. He should have sat there, stayed there, and faced up to it, because that would have been probably the way that he would have avoided it. Right, which, which leads us, that's such a great story, because it yeah. leads us to another word that we haven't brought up yet, yeah. is courage. Mm -hmm. When you face fear... And when something is making you worry, yes. that's the time that you can muster up and call to life the courage that is inside mm. you mm -hmm. and inside each one of us. And I think that the times that I've been afraid of things in my life or, or I worried or I uh, was doing something that was maybe different than I had done before, I was out of my comfort zone. Sure. Those are the moments looking back where I called on a courage I didn't even know I had mm -hmm. that helped me grow. Yeah. And get through that situation. So if you run from things like yeah. that, yeah. that boy did, you don't give yourself a chance to find your courage. Stay in the garden. Right. That's it. You know what? I'm going to show the picture that I have here on my phone. You can see it on this camera. You see what it is? Yes. It's the globe. Yes. That's a beautiful shot of beautiful. our Earth taken from Stunning. NASA. And, and I look at this almost every day. And it reminds me where I am. And I stop and I say, Ernie... Look at you. You can't even see you. You're on this beautiful, beautiful creation. And what are you doing here? And why are you here? Yeah. And where are you going? I love and, that. And when I answer those questions to myself in a private way, I have the confidence and the joy and the absence of fear in many ways. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. As beautiful as that picture yeah, is. There it is. Isn't that a great picture? That's wonderful. Boy, that's, that's a real really eye stunning. Opener, I can't it? even believe that's real. That's and it's amazing. Real. Wow. You know, and we're growing up as Incredible. kids, right? And we see this globe in school, but we don't think yeah, about it. We're right. on it. Yeah. What a great subject we oh, have today. That really puts things into perspective, Yay, doesn't it? We love it. Uh, well, great. we have more programs, Patricia, coming up, don't we? Yeah. We do. We yeah. have so many exciting things to um, you know on the docket for you. We mm -hmm. hope that you're going to join us again in the future because we are whipping up some really good stuff. And we want to hear from you if you have ideas for topics and good news. We definitely want to hear from you as well. Looking forward to it. I'm Ernie Anassis with Patricia Stark. We thank you so much for joining us. Have a great day, everybody. Yes. Take care, everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.